possibly the greatest podcast ever. It's the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. The Medicare podcast that seeks to squelch nasty rumors. He refers to himself in the fourth person, Medicare expert, Doug Jones. Well, here we are again, ladies and gentlemen, joining you from the studios of the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. As you might have heard my Canadian nephew just tell you, I am Doug Jones, your Medicare expert, and I am really happy to be meeting with you today, sharing Medicare knowledge, traipsing through the gardens of Medicare bliss and happiness, and coming out the other side in the beautiful sunshine of Medicare Ooh, uh, Medicare, what can we finish that uh, with? We, Medicare, um, brightness and, and joy, let's say. Nirvana, I, Nirvana. Oh, Nirvana, that's <laughs> Randy couldn't help himself. He had to uh, fish me out of my, uh, my <laughs> had, badly, badly constructed uh, uh, scenario there. Doug, Doug had slipped over the edge and I just had to pull him back. Yes. Well, thank you for doing that in the audience. I'm sure. Thanks you. Yeah. Shut this guy up and let's get down to it. Hello, Randy Carson. How the heck are you today? Well, you know, I can't complain. I, I did earlier today and nobody cared. Yeah. That so was I, me too. I guess I, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go with it. I mean, I got to tell you that, you know, I, I complain and I, I whine and I do all kinds of thing about the weather, but I, I really believe we're in this we're we're in some sort of a ice age out here in Phoenix. Oh, it's just miserable. I haven't seen the sun in days and days and days, and uh, frankly, it's been very wet. It's been damp. hasn't rained a lot like it does during monsoon, but it's rained frequently. So I don't like that. Well, you got you don't have pets, but my three dogs, when you take them out and it's raining. They stand on the porch and they look at me like going, holy bananas, dad. I thought you were smarter than this. You know, what are you doing to me? Why are you forcing me to endure this? I'd rather go inside the house where it's nice and comfy and warm. Mm -hmm. yeah. I should it. I should at some point mention the book, The Reason We're All Here, Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023. Go get that book and read it if you want to become a Medicare expert, because I wrote it and I became a Medicare expert in that process. You can share my knowledge if you want to buy it at Amazon.com. Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023. So, got that out of the way. And uh, I am uh, sitting here looking at some articles that Randy has already seen the titles, and he's been fascinated by the list of possible subjects we could have. We never have enough time to go through all the subjects, but I thought maybe discussing this new weight loss drug might be an interesting uh, topic for the audience. What do you think, Randy? Well, I think it will be, sure, but I just thought I would point out to the audience that I have had, She's has she's gone now, but... Her dad was a physician, and every time you talk to her about weight loss, she uh -huh. said, my dad, my dad always had a really, really easy solution for that. If you were at dinner and you had a family of, you know, several children and, a, you know, a husband and a wife, mom and dad, what you did was you took the smallest plate, you know, like for the smallest child, yep, and you yep. traded it, and you traded it for the child that was porking out. 
Uh-huh. And and that's the plate they got to eat. And eventually it would all even out. Wow, that sounds a little complicated, but <laughs> I've never <laughs> I've never been a parent of more than two kids at a time. So I haven't really had the problem. My kids were skinny and um I was skinny. I'm not anymore. But uh the whole thing is that there's a drug. I know a lot of people struggle with that because there's a genetic component, and I know other people blame it on their thyroid, overactive, underactive, and I think that's probably um less than uh truthful, but uh in any event. Eli Lilly is working on a drug, a diabetes drug, actually, that has the effect of causing weight loss. So let me just uh, dig into this a little bit, and let's see if it makes sense. The headline of this article is, a new weight loss drug could become the best-selling drug of all time. Now, what the heck? How? Obviously, they're predicting a huge demand for this drug. But then the last line in the in the title of the article says, who can afford it? In 2023, the FDA will likely approve Eli Lilly's diabetes drug, terzepatide. 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 Okay, it's <laughs> it's uh, fairly lengthy, but it looks like terzepatide uh, for weight loss. That's what they're going to approve it for. But there's indication, there's little indication insurers will widely cover the medication. So they want to get a free lunch again. Yes. How do we make insurance companies pay for this? Well, force them to pay for it. And then, of course, it will cost you more to buy insurance. Anyway, as uh, the article goes on to say, a new class of injectable weight loss drugs called GLP-1 inhibitors has been found to be highly effective. But insurance does not cover the treatments. So let's see. Uh Okay, that was all a, an unrelated part of the article. Concerns are mounting about who will actually be able to afford it. Oh, let's be concerned before the problem. Uh, experts are confident that the drug will be granted approval by the FDA next year. If that's the case, it will join two other popular and very expensive recently approved weight loss drugs on the market. One of those is Wegovy, W-E-G-O-V-Y. And the other one is Saxenda, S-A-X-E-N-D-A, both from the drug maker Novo Nordisk or Nordsk. Annual sales of this new drug could hit a record $48 billion, according to an estimate from the Bank of America. Oh, from Bank of America analyst Jeff Meacham. Another Wall Street analyst uh, estimated the drug would reach $25 billion in annual sales, a figure that would still surpass the record twenty. $0.7 billion set by the rheumatoid arthritis drug Humira in 2021. Wow, that was news to me that that was so popular. The new weight loss drug could break sales records. Kelly Smith, a spokesperson for Eli Lilly, declined to comment on what this drug would cost. Outside experts say it's possible the drug maker could price it similarly to Wegovy, which carries a list price of around $1,500 a month. Ooh, a little on the pricey side. And there's speculation that it could be as low as $1,100 a month. Uh, but the whole rest of this article is about whether weight loss drugs are covered by insurance or not. And in fact, uh, we have many, many uh, instances of government, uh, people putting pressure on governments to give them free stuff. And how does a government give somebody free stuff? They tell the insurance company, you're going to have to cover this for your 
uh, insured pay, uh, members, uh, and uh, you have to pay for it. So then, since that's not the way things work in the real life, uh, then the insurance companies have to pass the cost of that uh, covered item or treatment along to the insureds or to whoever's paying the uh, insurance premiums, and it causes insurance rates to go up. So if we want to have an effective drug for obesity, and I guess this drug also approaches uh, or uh, helps alleviate diabetes as well, um, then we're going to have to figure out who's going to pay for it, and it's really going to be all of us who pay insurance premiums. That's the... Uh, the short story there. But the fact that there is a weight loss drug that could be really, really effective, I'm sure is going to be good news for a lot of people. Next uh, little article I ran into was public health agencies try to restore trust as they fight misinformation. Misinformation is a code word for telling the truth or becoming skeptical about COVID, COVID uh, spreading, COVID vaccines and that kind of thing. Where COVID started, was it in Wuhan, China, or was it someplace else? Well, they call that misinformation, and they often, the uh, the evil people in the world have tried to stifle speculation or um, opposing viewpoints about that. But the title here is, in Oklahoma City, a guy named Phil Maytubby, is the deputy CEO of the health department in Oklahoma City. And he has seen a reduction in the number of people getting their children vaccinated for schools and, and uh, stuff like that. And apparently his concern is that there's been misinformation out there. Remember, that's a code word. And the misinformation has caused people not to trust the government agencies that deal with health and disease control, and so forth and so on, like the CDC. Well, I'm right in there with those people who don't really trust them anymore because what were they telling us to do? Social distancing and masking up forever. Always be masked wherever you go. And uh, that kind of stuff did not really staunch the uh, onset of the uh, panic that occurred with the covid uh, 19. So this guy is saying, well, you know, we should always trust everything these people say. And I'm, uh, I couldn't be in uh, greater disagreement with him, even though he is the uh, official responsible for public health in my beloved Oklahoma City, the land of my birth. So Maytubby is um, now on my poop list, I believe, because he has uh, tried to paint a negative picture of those who rightfully question what some of the um, misinformation they've been fed is all about. So we can't, we cannot have that uh, uh, kind of uh, dichotomy happening in government agencies that we're supposed to trust. If we trust these guys, and I grew up in an era where polio was frightening. And my mother got polio right before the Salk vaccine came out. And I'm a big believer in uh, the polio vaccine. My mother had a child who was uh, severely uh, plagued with um, a problem. She was born blind, basically, because uh, my mother got measles while she was pregnant. I'm a big believer in uh, the vaccination against dread diseases and the march of uh, you know the 
uh, March of uh, Medicine's um, um, March to the Future. What are the uh, improvements in our life that medicine has brought to us and everything else? But this, uh, the political aspects of this uh, panic that occurred because of COVID-19 really soured me on whether or not our government officials are trustworthy or not. And I'm starting to think that many of them are not. Uh, Here's an article that says healthcare priorities for the next Congress by Sally Pipes. At long last, Congress will turn its direction to uh, uh, its attention to things other than COVID-19, Sally Pipes writes. What kinds of health care reforms can we expect from the 118th Congress? The outlook is a bit cloudy. Um, and I'm skipping down here. If lawmakers are interested in actually improving the nation's health care system, there are several reforms that can command bipartisan support. Let's start with expanded access to telehealth. I think this is a fantastic thing. Telehealth is the process by which you can talk to your doctor or your medical expert over the telephone or maybe over Zoom instead of having to go to their office, sit around with a bunch of other sickos, and then eventually be poked and prodded in the doctor's office. So telehealth really saves money, allows greater access to doctors, and is uh, just has many, many good things, uh, you know, good effects for our healthcare system. So one of the few good things to come out of the pandemic, or the panic as I call it, was the embrace of telemedicine by patients, providers, and payors alike. To ensure that patients had access to vital health services when they were encouraged to stay home, federal and state authorities gave doctors more leeway on what services they could offer virtually, meaning over the computer or over the telephone. Medicare expanded reimbursement for telehealth procedures. As a result, telehealth use among Medicare enrollees increased 63-fold during the panic. It's easy to see why telehealth visits are particularly helpful for the 3.6 million Americans who delay care each year because they can't get to a doctor's office. They spare patients the hassle of taking time off work, commuting to and from the doctor's office, and waiting in the waiting room. I think I said all that. All that time has a real cost, about $89 billion a year, according to a consulting firm. Congress's year-end spending bill expands COVID-era telehealth flexibilities through the end of 2024. But lawmakers can and should go even further and make these flexibilities permanent. Similar legislation has attracted bipartisan support, and the December budget shows that Republicans and Democrats alike are on board with the idea in some fashion. Expanding access to health savings accounts is another way that Congress can improve Medicare. Right now, people covered by the program cannot contribute to tax-free money, uh, tax-free accounts, uh, for use for future health care expenses. You know, the closest we have right now is the plan that I say, it's a Medicare Advantage plan that I don't hate, called a Medicare MSA, or Medical Savings Account. But the insured person can't contribute to the medical savings account. The insured person has to take the money given to them by the account and by the plan, and uh, they can use that money, and they get to keep it if they don't need it to pay health 
uh, or uh, medical bills. So it's a pretty good plan, but a tax-advantaged HSA or health savings account sounds even better. Um, the tax-advantaged accounts can make out-of-pocket health care costs more affordable and can benefit the entire health care system by encouraging people to shop around for the best value for their money. Okay, I got to tell you, that never works. Nobody shops around for the best deal if they need medical treatment. What they look for is the best doctor. And the best doctor is going to be the one that charges the most. So anybody who thinks that uh, this is going to uh, reduce costs, an HSA thing, is a dreamer. What it does is it allows people to pay with pre-tax dollars. In other words, they don't pay with after-tax dollars for when they have medical expenses. So that's where the real advantage for your average Medicare participant uh, comes in. So let's see this uh, a. a California Democrat, of all people, introduced the Health Savings for Seniors Act, which would let Medicare beneficiaries contribute to HSAs. Two of her Republican colleagues co-sponsored the measure. It's worth dusting that bill off for the new Congress. So I think that's probably an excellent idea. If you can pay with pre-tax dollars, your money goes a lot farther. Let's see. uh, There was a third item they mentioned. Um, Medicare isn't the only entitlement primed for reform. As part of a year-end budget deal, Democrats finally agreed to lift a COVID-era suspension of Medicaid eligibility for reviews, which led to nearly 13 million ineligible individuals being enrolled in Medicaid. Well, there you go. Medicaid is like a cesspool sucking the tax money along with the garbage down into a um, vortex. And uh, this article is talking about them addressing the laxity with which Medicaid uh, approvals, Medicaid eligibility was was, uh, just uh, skimmed over during the panic. And uh, if they're now going to go back and throw those people out of there, they're uh, getting free medical treatment and they don't need it. I don't know why anybody would want to have free medical treatment from Medicaid, because my understanding is that if you're on Medicaid, which is welfare, let's uh, let's not make any bones about that. You're also going to have a um, very small list of doctors and hospitals that you could use for medical treatment. And you will have to uh, wait in line because the way that they keep the costs under control, like in Canada, is to uh, make sure that that uh, coverage is rationed. And you will be one of the people suffering from the shortages if they decide to cut back on the Medicaid uh, budget in your state. Your care is going to be rationed. So I would say if you can avoid being involved in Medicaid, do it. So then we have another little thing that is, um, this is, uh, has to do with what I've addressed recently about medical age, uh, insurance agents, uh, health insurance agents who may not be playing straight. And, uh, here's another type of fraudulent activity. I've told you about the ones who lie to you and tell you that a product that is the cheapest one for you, but doesn't pay any commissions for them is not possible for you to get. And that has happened in drug plans. Recently, 
two drug plans started um, not paying any commissions to the agent. And so I've had two clients tell me that they were told that the cheapest drug plan available to them turns out not to be the cheapest. Uh, they were told that uh, uh, the best product around for them uh, was a product X. And when I did the search, I found out that product Y was a lot cheaper and a better deal for each of these two prospects, these two people that became my clients, but they were lied to by prior agents and product Y which I recommended and sold them, doesn't pay any sales commissions. And the other agents said, hey, I'm not going to work for free, so I'm not going to tell them about the product that's really the best deal for them. Well, here's an insurance company, a big insurance company, Aetna, who is having trouble with unhappy clients who uh, stop paying for their insurance shortly after the insurance starts. And this includes um, insurance uh, from the call centers that we see TV ads for. You got your Joe Namath, your Jimmy J.J. Walkers, and a few other uh, kind of washed up celebrities. And they're telling you to call the number to get what you deserve. Well, it turns out the agents at those numbers will ignore the wishes of the people who call and who will say, I'm going to give you this insurance and that insurance because you can always uh, rescind it or send it back within 30 days, no harm, no foul. So this drives up the cost for everybody buying insurance because it turns out that the insurance companies issue lots and lots of policies based on what these agents tell these people. And then turns out the people did not want the insurance, told the agents not to uh, issue the policies. And uh, <laughs> the insurance company is left holding the bag. This, um, example this insurance company used as an internal letter to its uh, agents uh this some irate client wrote a 22 page letter to their state health insurance uh department the people that uh, oversee the operation of insurance companies complaining bitterly about the fact that they were signed up for all kinds of insurance policies and eventually the insurance company had to rescind all of them because the person never wanted them all they did was dial that 800 number to get what they deserve and it turns out what they got was a an overactive uh telemarketer who took that inbound call and turned it into a big payday for himself. Now, I'm sure eventually his money was uh, reversed. His paycheck was uh, debited for the, the commissions that he earned, but he might've been long gone by that time. And so the insurance companies are holding the bag and it makes insurance more expensive for everybody when that kind of stupidity happens. So that's, um, my pontification for today, Randy, I'm sure it was highly inspirational and possibly even um, uh, interesting, although there's a school of thought that says that's a rare <laughs> occurrence. Well, there was just a couple thoughts still hanging around in my headset here. Misinformation. I, I find that such a, a, an interesting term because people use that term to just avoid saying the real thing. Lying. 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 Okay. Misinformation is just like, so can you imagine when you were a child, you, you, you're standing up straight before your father and you're going, well, dad, I, I'm going, this is just misinformation, dad. I'm not lying. 
Yeah. Well, I'll tell you right now, they've turned the meaning of the word from uh, what you and I would have understood, the traditional meaning of the word misinformation. They've turned it into a negative, a, a political negative that you and I would never use. They've taken that word away from us because to use that word is to be as sleazy as uh, some of the people are being accused of being. And yeah. I don't I don't like it when they wreck the English language. They're all well, kinds yeah, of... Let- Let's call it what it is. It's lying. Exactly right. Exactly right. And then the other thing that popped into my little head here is these Medicare scam vantage people. Yeah. Yeah. They're just, they're just, they, they need to just lighten up and go away. But they have their marching orders. Uh, The bosses that run these things are telling their telemarketing, uh, their, their phone answerers, you sell everything you can squeeze out the door. And I don't care what it takes. Sell, sell, sell. Uh, instead of listen to your client, find out what your client's needs and wants are, and then try to find a product that's going to satisfy those needs and wants. That doesn't count in that world. No, no, not at all. And that, and and you know, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know, but that gives the whole industry a bad name. And it costs everybody money because if you want to buy insurance, you've got to pay for the insurance company's expenses. And plus, give them a reasonable profit. Well, when their expenses are driven up by uh, agents that are not honest and that are pulling these kinds of shenanigans, then somebody's got to pay the insurance company expenses for that. And I've got one more gripe, and then I'm going to close out. You're the just shop you're here. just full of gripes today. I like it I'm, better I'm, when you're I'm, happy-go-lucky. Hey, you know, having Medicare drug plans pay for obesity pills okay that oh. just rubs that just rubs me the wrong way yeah absolutely uh you know try pushing yourself away from the dinner table yeah. maybe that's maybe that's going to be the best uh the most cost-free solution yeah eat well it's just like everybody used to say in my hometown eat less run more mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah oh well nobody's well, listening to me doug no, uh, they're, they're, I'm hoping they're listening to me because <laughs> otherwise, what are we doing here? I don't know, but we are, we're doing a podcast and it's a great service. I like it. People are listening to it. We're down low. I don't, what did we hit the 50? What was it uh, the other day we hit? How many thousands was, of them? Oh, it was over 50. It was like 52,000 downloads. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was looking for the, you know, the big five zero, and we certainly hit the 50,000 downloads. So that that you should be very very proud of that, Doug. Well, I couldn't do it without you, Randy. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. But in the meantime, we need to sign off because we only put what three quarters in the. I think we put three quarters in today, right? Well, we've had four quarters worth of uh, use out of those three quarters. Yep. yep, I got it. So anyway, thank you all for joining us. Truly, if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't have nearly as much fun as we do. You could have been a hundred different places doing a hundred different things, and you weren't. You chose to spend a little bit of your valuable time listening to us on Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. And actually, you spent, I believe, about 32 and a half minutes. But before we get off on that tangent, find a way to send Doug some email at dbj at mlmmailbag.com. Go to the website at medicareforthelazyman.com. The paperback, 2023, with the orange numbers, the audio, the Kindle, and find a way to uh, express your appreciation with five stars. 
because we are always in the midst of the rating wars. But as I said, you have just spent about 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy residing in the high altitudes behind Cave Creek, Arizona, in his Fortress of Solitude, but originally from Oklahoma, Oklahoma. City. <laughs> Oklahoma City. There you go. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you for joining us. 